how are we as a collective going to slow down to like the actual speed of life, which is not at the pace of the internet. It's fast. This is too fast. Welcome to the NFT Now podcast, your go-to source to succeed in the fast-moving world of Web3. I'm Matt Medved. I'm Alejandro Navia. And I'm Sam Heisel. Each week, we interview visionary creators, builders, and collectors so you can stay up to date on the most important trends and tactics for the internet's next frontier. Matt, what's happening, man? Been a while. We're back. That's right. NFT is this now. Real? Po- it is. It is. Is this the metaverse? <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> Weeks are months real, and months are yeah, years. Yeah, this yeah. is this has been a while. I Let's know. go back. Well, couldn't be more excited to get things back on the road with the NFT Now podcast season two. We have incredible guests and are super excited to be kicking things off with an all-star, Elise Swopes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Swopes? Yes. One of the pioneering creatives, photographers, designers in the space. Uh, she first made her name uh, as an iPhone photographer, uh, one of the earliest creators on Instagram, and has now made that jump into Web3 and is doing an incredible job. She's also the founder of Sunrise Art Club, uh, an organization that looks to bring creators and brands together uh, to promote storytelling. And she is also uh, a champion of a number of different social causes. She's doing a lot in the space and we're lucky to have her. 1000%. I think she's been a creator for a long period of time. She speaks about her early beginnings with Instagram back before people even really knew what Instagram was. And I thought there were interesting parallels between the the rise and adoption of Instagram that we're now facing with the the rise and adoption of NFTs and Web3. And I I think even too, just understanding how she's approaching her career as a creator, right? Obviously, we're in this kind of growing creator economy and her navigating the, the world of brand collaborations, but her also being able to tap in and more directly engage and earn income and provide provide interesting opportunities to her community by way of Web3 was really fascinating to hear about. And I think there's lots of insights and and gems for other creators that are considering navigating the space as well. So really excited to have Swopes on, really excited to be back for the season two of the podcast. We have a full slate of amazing interviews to come every single Wednesday. You know where to find us. Right uh, here. That's right. Right here. If you, did, if you didn't podcast. know, it is right here every Wednesday. <laughs> Sometimes you got to spell it out for <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you haven't already, do want to encourage you to sign up to our weekly newsletter at nftnow.com where we distill the market into actionable insights so you can get an edge in navigating the world of Web3. That's nftnow.com. Without any further ado, Elise Swopes. Elise Swopes, the one and only. What's happening? What's good? I was about to take a sip of my water, but we're uh, you we're can take a sip now. Stay, stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Act, yes. There's always time for hydration <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the NFT Now podcast. I know, but you introed me so epic, and now I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> I had you at the alley. I know. No, thank you. I'm so happy to be with you guys. Truly, honestly, it's it's always a pleasure. The yeah. Pleasure is mutual. Um, would love, I mean, obviously you've been a creator for a long time, far before Web3, NFTs. Would love for you just to kind of trace us a little bit through your creative journey. Man, where do I begin? Um, I suppose I'll even start at like my childhood as far back um, as my mom coming home with like one of these old Mac computers with like the plastic blue back on it. Um we really didn't have much to be honest, but I know that my mom had a new job and they were getting rid of some computers, I think, and that... You know, we just finally had an opportunity to get on the internet more at home. And um, I just became obsessed with creating things digitally. Um, And that was kind of like my first kind of intro to 
maybe not creativity because I was homeschooled for a long time um, until like fourth grade. So during homeschool, my dad uh, would teach us, my younger brother and I, and we would do a lot of like crafts and things like that, a lot of like handmade things. But I think what kind of I realized and kind of picked up that there wasn't this this limitless with that. And so I really became obsessed, obviously, with digital because I could redo, undo, create more files as much as I could at that time. I don't know how much space was on those computers, but <laughs> but um, I think that was kind of like my first obsession with just also like AOL and AIM and um, started designing my first websites when I was 11, taught, taught myself CSS and HTML and JavaScript and um, I even owned my first like metaverse uh, kind of like world on this thing called the palace, which a lot of people probably don't know about, but a lot of people do. So if you know, shout out to me. Let Sounds me like know. a deep cut right there. It's a, it's a something. Um, I used to own this like little world and uh, people would like work for me and they would just like play games in there and have contests. It was a lot of fun. Um so it's kind of like just an intro to to who I am now. I mean, I, I got on Instagram in 2011, very early on, and I was a broke college dropout. I really didn't want to have any jobs at all. I loved being at home and like doing my own thing. And uh, when I kind of went on Craigslist one day, I found this like broken iPhone 4, went to a little shop and got this small little phone and I just started taking photos with it and downloaded Instagram and started posting. And eventually Instagram uh, made me a suggested user and a suggested user at the time was um, someone basically like, like on a list where if the list comes up, when you make a new, a new profile, the list will come up and you can kind of decide who you want to follow. And Instagram, Instagram made this list really based on the concept of like, these are people who are kind of innovating what Instagram is, and this is how you can utilize it. So a lot of people in, a lot of people in Chicago would call me like the Insta goddess and stuff like that, because <laughs> there was just a lot of, a lot of introduction that I had to do with people everywhere in the world and what Instagram even was. Um, so from there, I started like building a brand and a business for myself, working with tons of different people from Apple to Adobe and traveling the world with celebrities and just doing a TED talk. And I mean, there's so many things at this point, but getting into NFTs have been an interesting stretch because it's a whole new world, a whole new experience. But um, it's been a process for sure as an artist, but I've you know, enjoyed every step of it and it hasn't been without struggle, but it's been exactly what I wanted and I, I couldn't be happier. I love it. I love it. And you know, one of the things that you, uh, as you were establishing yourself back in the, the Web2 era, um, you know, one of the things that you were a pioneer of was this idea of iPhone photography and like kind of taking, taking, you know, kind of like dispelling those barriers to entry into the photography space. I, I'd love to hear a little bit about that and and did you, whether you faced any pushback from the traditional photography world, because that plus Instagram really like in many ways you represented at the time a new type of creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's almost it kind of like brings me back a little bit and it's not almost the same thing but just how people kind of feel about AI and just the way people are kind of afraid of it and not understanding how it's just a shift in how you know we create and it's a different type of tool and of course I was you know belittled by a lot of purists um, a lot of people saying I didn't know how to use a real camera and I didn't 
I had no idea what an ISO was. I had no idea what a, you know, how to even use a camera at all. I mean, I do now, thankfully, but, um, but it was a whole different game. It was just more about, to me, accessibility. It was about me finally having an opportunity to express myself when I didn't have that opportunity with anything else. You know, I didn't have a nice camera. I didn't have, um, you know, a laptop or anything like that. I just had a phone, which allowed me to express myself in many different ways with tons of different apps to tons of different people all around the world for the first time in my life and in such a different way. Um, and damn, if that's not crazy, then I don't know what is. <laughs> and what was the moment when, uh, in this kind of journey, when things clicked for, for NFTs, cause you've been a creator for a while, building a, a kind of entrepreneurial, uh, enabling it to kind of fund and fuel your creativity. And then NFTs came around. What was your like first reaction and how's it evolved since then? <laughs> My first reaction was kind of goofy, um, because I was hearing that it was like this digital digital thing. Obviously, I was understanding of um, ownership and like, I don't know, really. But what I had done initially, my response was to allow people to download a piece of my artwork on my website for free. Okay. That was my response. I had no idea about <laughs> blockchain. I had no idea about even, I mean, if that tells you anything about really what my head, where my head was at about what was even happening, I hadn't even put it into the concept of crypto. I had already like gotten crypto in 2017, but I hadn't even connected it really yet. And I, I was just hearing NFTs and, you know, token and like download and ownership and, you know, fans and community, all these different words. Um, but moving back in time, you know, I, I on Instagram, I kind of grew up on Instagram with Jay and Silva. I, kind of grew up doing uh, projects with people, um, seeing them have success on Nifty Gateway and beyond. I was seeing them, you know, and I'm like, those are my homies. So I should probably figure out what the hell is going on. And tons of people are hitting me up, my followers, my my manager, my friends, um, telling me like, you need to get an NFTs because this just makes sense for you. You've been a digital creator forever. Um, you know, you've been putting in that work. You monetize yourself and you monetize yourself in many, many ways, but it's like, how are, how do you want to monetize it in other ways? So do you want to just, you know, keep continuing with the marketing and the advertising? Granted, I love it, but you know, there's a whole other way. So obviously I became enticed. Granted, I don't think the same now. There's a whole other dy dy dynamics with it now, but um, at the time I'm like, I'm never going to have to work again. <laughs> this is it. This is it. And I, you guys, I literally had. That was the end of the story. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Bye, guys. Um, no, but I, I, I honestly, it's crazy because I have videos of myself on my phone crying, like when I first made, when I had my first sale on Super Rare for eleven ETH, and and you know it was at four K at the time, so that was like even like whoa. Yeah. Um, and I remember taking a video, and I was like. Oh my God, you guys, <laughs> you know, like, everything's changed. This is crazy. Uh, and granted it was changed. Everything did change. Everything was completely different, but I still work. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it was, it's just not anything that I thought it was. And, um, it's become something so much more that I've ever dreamed of. So I'm, I'm grateful to really be able to kind of like see, 
like the good, of course, but also kind of see like where we need to adjust and create those solutions, um, not just for myself, but for everybody else that, you know, people beyond our streets, like also incarcerated people. Um, so I feel excited about kind of pushing those boundaries more than I was initially of that kind of, you know, I'm going to make a lot of money kind of ideal, which is great, but it's, that's not really what I realize I'm about. Yeah. Well, let's dig into that a little bit. Like what are some of the biggest problems that you see facing the Web3 space? Well, there's a few. <laughs> I, and I think you even we talked about it. We yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> You're I'm glad. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, I think you, you touched on it recently in a, in a video about mental health. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's a crucial thing that we have to talk about. Um, we got to figure out how to monetize health in a way, if that makes sense, but also not make it rewardable and um, in something that I think we all kind of experience in our day to day naturally, at least for me, how I've been practicing with my health. Um, not everybody has to wake up at 5 a.m., but I started waking up at 5 a.m. because Web 2 was not treating me kindly. You know, it wasn't a sustainable process to allow the world to dictate my emotions for me, whether it was analytics or how I live my life with comparison and, you know, trying to keep up all that stuff. It, it would just, it just wasn't sustainable. And so I kind of crashed. And, and the decision for me was like, okay, are you going to keep crashing and probably die? Or are you going to get completely better? And I chose completely better, obviously. So um, I think that lesson that I brought from that, I want to bring into this space because I see where people are kind of becoming desperate and becoming tired and burnt out. I've already felt it myself last year. I'm like, if I'm feeling that, I know you guys are feeling it. Do not lie to me. And I'm somebody who wakes up at 5 a.m., uh, meditates, reads, writes, you know, minds my damn business. Come on. <laughs> fact, fact. We so, felt it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So how are we as a collective going to slow down to like the actual speed of life, which is not at the pace of the Internet? It's fast. This is too fast. Um, so I'm curious how we're I, and I, I hope this space moves at a better pace of slowing down. And I think that's what I try to embody in my being. I think our greatest change is who we can be in every position we're at. Um but I would say the second thing, and I think health will tie into this, um, because I think in order to have awareness and to be humble and to want to talk about difficulties, you need to be in a healthy mental state, primarily, maybe not always. But um, I think there needs to be a lot more intention when, with inclusivity. And I know that's such a it's, it's like the word trauma for me. It's like, you know, so many words we throw around. What does it really mean? Because it's so performative. But it's like, how are we going to really create some things where like people are talking and making changes and giving money to people who want to make these changes? Like, why are, why are all these people still getting 20, 10, $5 million for the same shit? <laughs> <laughs> why i don't know what it it's crazy to me mm. that we're stuck in this cycle this loop of like weirdness um but i'm i will also admit in my 
um, ignorance is that I'm still opening the door and still learning so much about who is doing the work in Web3 in the uh, impact space. And um, yesterday I got connected to a bunch of people who I'm really excited to continue conversations with. We've we've also been connecting more with like Emancipation DAO, uh, Free Ross DAO. I think now we're trying to like be less about like the individual production or like everyone's like my community, my community. Like it's like, how can we all build our communities together? Mm -hmm. And now we're having like meetings together, um, weekly, monthly, you know, all these different more intentional conversations instead of just expecting all of us to do our part. So yeah, those are probably my top few things. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting too, when it comes to the problem, because I think there's a lot of very valuable foundational principles and the, the ethos of web three decentralized like decentralization and and how that can actually provide like equal levels of opportunity no matter where you are in your creative journey or where you're from but the reality is that a lot of the same um inequities that lead to certain people getting first access or first exposure to new technological trends are, are still very prevalent and embedded within society um so, uh, like, I'd love to even just dive deeper when it comes to some of your specific projects, Sunrise Art Club, Night on the Yard. Like, how have you been, like, I, I love it. And I do think there still is, if we are very intentional about trying to create impact and rewrite these rules, there's the potential to do so, but it's not going to happen on its own. And I, I think some of the, the projects you've done are very much positive steps in that direction. I'd love for you just to talk a little bit more about them. Yeah. Um, well, Sunrise Art Club is a a baby of that kind of process I talked about where I wake up at 5 a.m. and, you know, kind of mind my damn business until like 9 or 10 when work kind of begins. But um, I started taking photos of the sunrise in Chicago when I when I lived in Chicago. And um, every day I would wake up and the sunrise would be completely different. It would just kind of set the mood. Some days would be more moody. Some days would be more bright. Some days would be more colorful. Some days would look the same as the last. But it was just this kind of smooth difference of each day that kind of dictated like how each day was its own special day, no matter what kind of day you were living. And it kind of added to the element of like my my process, my morning process. So this was from like 2017 to like 2020. And of course I hadn't heard of NFTs until like 2021, 2022, 2020 I'd say. Um, and uh, and I hadn't moved until to New York in like till like March. So it was like a, a period of time where I really hadn't even thought of what to utilize the sunrises for. Was I going to do a book? Was I going to do an, I might still do a book, to be honest, but I think I'm going to. I got to do the book. I'm going to do the book for sure. Still. <laughs> I, I get it though. Like, like th there were more limited options to release something like mm -hmm. that. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when I saw PFPs and tokens beyond like my own individual art on super rare, you know, seeing all these collectibles and stuff, I'm thinking, well, damn, it could be really cool to utilize these sunrises as, as something. And of course, I wasn't thinking, well, I'm just going to put the sunrises up and mint them because that's just not my style. I want to go the most difficult way possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I want to invent the impossible. So um, what we did was, and I say we with, with my sunrise team, my developer, Lauren Dorman, um, and my designer, uh, Daniel Ruiz, I've known them for years, both from Chicago. Um, and so I basically onboarded uh, Daniel into Web3 and, and my, a bunch of my other best friends. But um, what we decided to do and 
my crazy thought was to basically drop a new Sunrise NFT every single day. And my inspiration was at the time, Nouns Dow had just got released. And I was like, damn, this is cool. I love how they drop something completely new every day. And of course, they're Nouns now, right? It's not Nouns Dow, but it, it was Nouns Dow at the time. And I'm like, oh, I, I love the concept of a Dow. You know, I was kind of almost not so much copying them, but really like emulating how they were operating. Because I'm like, if I'm going to drop a sunrise every day and I'm going to make 50 ETH per sunrise, it's got to be, you know, we got to have it all situated. So we really kind of set it up in a way that was going to be kind of nouns dedicated where every day we're going to drop a sunrise NFT and then it would sell and then we'd have this whole kind of operation. Um, and 75% of every sale would go to our fund. Uh, which would support all the different projects like our, our NFT marketplace for incarcerated artists, um, our different curations, our different events, um, a lot of other things. And of course, it wasn't exactly like that. It was a lot more slow, um, a lot more hands-on, a lot more intense than I could have ever imagined. I mean, we launched on January 1st, 2022 and just ended January 1st, 2023 and had a 24-7 auction every single day while also having events, while also having our first year in as an agency or even as a collective, learning how to work together, learning how to even, I had to teach my team Web3. <laughs> yeah, we know how that like, goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it was a crazy year, you guys. Like we have to like pat ourselves on the back. Like what the heck did we just do? Like, that was insane. So this year, I'm like, I'm saying no to everything. But anyway, Sunrise is like, it's my baby. It's my solution to all the issues that I see that I almost wish would happen. Um, granted, I, I'm trying to figure out still how to, um, you know, get us as much funding as we can get, uh, how, to, how to really niche ourselves out to like, who is, like, who, who are we directing to is it audio is it artists is it collectors is it like I don't even know like and is that even a question we should even ask ourselves because this is whole new world that everyone's always like well who's your audience what's your brand strategy what's your business plan but like is that even realistic in the time that we're in anymore and I'm I'm just having like all these different things of like analyzing how do we make the most impact by getting the most money, but also affecting the people that we really want to affect. And there's so many dynamics to that. Um, but damn, I'm just trying to help people. So <laughs> I, lo I love that. I love that. And, um, you know, I, I think like the social impact, like element of this technology is something that's really inspiring. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, some of those efforts. I'd love to hear a bit more about the the marketplace for incarcerated uh, artists. You know, I used to work for an innocence project. So I know just I've seen firsthand just how broken the, the criminal justice system is. It's working exactly how it should, as they say. Right. They planned it that way. Um, but yeah, we need to burn it down and completely reorganize it. That's a whole other conversation. But man, I Night on the Yard is a child of my best friend, Hetsy, who's also my project manager now, who was my assistant. So she started off my best friend from MySpace and then became my assistant. And then now she's my project manager, which is amazing because she's so wonderful. Um, but started off with her and her cousin, Damien, who is incarcerated. And um, in 2020, Hetsy created this uh, pen pal initiative for incarcerated artists to connect with people on the outside to like just 
you know, have a different perspective, especially during 2020. We had all the time on our hands to accomplish the things we wanted to. So she ended up getting them a bunch of um, checks from the government because we all got checks, right? So a lot of people in jail had no idea that they could have gotten checks. So she got, I don't know, 30 plus people checks, which was amazing. So anyway, I got connected with our cousin Damien and we've been like, talking and I've been supporting him like financially and emotionally and just we've been friends for like years now and he knows of like NFTs and have been really like interested in them and stuff so our first thought was like oh we're just gonna show some of the art that him and his friends make in my digital gallery on voxels right I have this like cool three-story building that I made in there I love it go visit it swoops that gallery um but <laughs> it's amazing gallery because you can kind of like place little images and people can visit and our thought was like what if we put the images in there and send like invites to families or whatever have this little party but we're like oh why don't we just take it a little further and maybe mint them and then took it a little further and why don't we make our own platform and make a program out of it so then we started making these onboarding packets for them and then um then we started working with lawyers and became, you know, a whole thing. And then we started designing the website. It just like snowballed into something that we at first didn't think we were going to do. But it it was really um, an idea from Damien, I would say, where his dreams were kind of like, this sounds like an opportunity. Let's do it. So now we have I think like 10 plus, or I think about 12 artists. Um, we're relaunching. I will say our first launch was difficult. Um, because, and I'll also say that uh, Drift is one of our biggest backers. So Drift also like financed us right away. And um, I think we really anticipated, of course, in this space of like, people are gonna really care and Drift is behind it. And we've, you know, it's a whole new way to kind of monetize and help people, but it really wasn't that, it didn't happen like that. Mm. Um, and we are just kind of rethinking how we want to relaunch and re-interest people in a way that we're almost like playing this game in 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 Web three. You know, you got to put the cloud in it. You got to get the uh, backing in Web two ish, if that makes sense. You got to get a brand collab, or you have to have like some kind of like. So now, just to be super transparent, we're making it into a nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, and we're creating. Um, that because we want to get more grants and we will get more grants for a fact. And that will in turn allow us to hire more artists to do partnerships with because we don't want to just partner with artists for doing good. We also want to pay the artists we work with. So we're going to pay artists to partner with the incarcerated artists to create individual pieces that we can actually mint. And then they'll also have one-on-one mentorships with them and stuff like that. So we're just kind of like pulling back a little bit and not rushing so much into what we want to do because obviously we snowballed into something that we had no idea we were going to do, but now we're just like, okay, now what What are we really going to do? <laughs> so, yeah. Lots of great learnings and I think it's an amazing project and very excited to see how it continues to evolve. Um, when it comes to, are there any other initiatives or big projects you're thinking through? Is, I mean, we're still kind of early in 2023. It's on your mind. I don't want to give too much away, but who cares? Um, this is the place I, to do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I am just, again, it's the wellness thing for me. Mm. And it's the rewarding for people assisting me 
Um, so all of that tied into one. I'm trying to figure out how I can create some kind of bot or some kind of token or some kind of system where people can actually feel good by the curriculum or steps or tips that I give them. And I want there to be an actual token reward for that. I want there to be something that people can download and implement in their own communities. I want it to really make sense so that anyone could implement their tokens in there. Um, I think it's possible and it may already exist, but I want to see it and I want to make it perfect and I want everybody to know about it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, you know, one of the things I think we touched on a bit when you're talking about Sunrise and and and, and even thinking of, through this is the power of this technology to kind of change the creative canvas for artists and for creators. I'd love to hear a bit about that, like firsthand for you, like how has this technology enabled creativity that you know, prior to using it wasn't possible? And, and how does it change how you think as a creative uh, about where your creative works can live and how they can live? Um, I mean, it's, I'd say it's changed everything. And it's also changed nothing at the same time. If that makes sense. I don't think it, it does. does. <laughs> it does. It does. Because it's like what worked before still works, but what didn't does now in some way and but there are some things that don't work that I've learned in this space that could work other places so mm -hmm. you really kind of have to um dial back or almost reverse engineer like your thoughts about like what you're trying to accomplish and then kind of figure out what are those tools that are going to help you accomplish that my thing is is I'm still so I've still got my toe in web too so much you know I'm still so busy with my like content work and like all the different things that I have and, you know, someone that I'm super impressed by that really utilizes like a lot of the, the tokenization of like all the different intricacies of it. I think Dave does such a great job. You know, I think Dave has really figured it out, but I think that's because he was like, see you web too. <laughs> I need to be like that too. It's just hard to let yeah. go. Oh, but it's, um, it's also the checks are really nice. I'll just be honest. So it's, it's a, for me, the hard part about web three, and this is why I think people really need to think about like who they want to be and how they want to affect people and how they want to feel because granted I, I made a lot of those big sales at first, but then it was like, who are those collectors? And like some of the collectors have disappeared by the way that collected myself. I don't know where my work is going to go from that time. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Also, the sheer ability that some of them could have dropped my artwork at any moment because I made certain decisions or they'll send me DMs about mistakes that I've made, mm -hmm. you know, of a certain decision of my scarcity or whatever like that. And that to me kind of like was like kind of turned me off, I think, yeah. mostly. Rubbed and that's what, way. yeah, it rubbed me the wrong way. And it changed me a lot in the way that I am interested in, in a lot of chasing after um, sales. Now I'm much more interested in allowing people to find me and allowing myself to shine as much as possible in my, in what I'm great at and be healthy and happy and allow those people to come and connect and sure it's a little bit slower, but it's way more authentic. And that's kind of like my jam right now. <laughs> love it. I love that. Yeah, for sure. And I am curious. Cause I mean, you, you've been a, 
creator for a while. I even loved hearing you talk about Instagram and explaining what Instagram was to people <laughs> before Instagram was really what it is today. And I feel like there's even parallels with that and, and Web3 and NFTs. But on the flips, like when I love when you told the story of that moment when it sold for 11 ETH, ETH was at 4K. Um, but then the bear market starts to set in. It's not all <laughs> roses and rainbows. It's not like, okay, I never have to do a brand deal again. I'm curious how, as you think about your career and the, the business of being a creator, how this like fits into that pie. Um, I would say that it it's like everything else in life. Life is like a roller coaster. And I've been saying this forever. It, you're up here one day and then you're like down here and then you're up here and it's also with how much people care. Like one day people care so, so much that people right. will not give a nothing about what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And it just it just depends on so many different things. Um, I am just riding the wave, as yeah. they say. Um, but keeping an open mind while doing that, I think is super key. And that's why I've, I've been lucky on Instagram. That's why I've been lucky with NFTs. I just don't block something out because it's new. I take a look and take a peek. And if it's good for me, then let's push it. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in a certain bear market, as they say, I'm working still. I'm still checking to see like, are there brands who are interested in partnering, you know, because sure, they may not be prepared right now, but eight, nine, 10 months now from now, they will be, and they're going to be prepared and they're going to be no, they're going to know who reached out and who's been doing the work to kind of prepare for that to happen. So I'm kind of looking forward to that part. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think this will, like when you think five, 10 years out from now, do you feel that, like as we see this continual rise of the creator economy, there's, you ask kids these days, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, I want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> like, do, do you think, which is like a super real That's, thing. Yeah. Do you think that, Web3 is going to play a foundational role in the prevalence of this kind of whole creator economy growing? I think the only way that that will happen is if people stop paying so much attention to how kids or adults or everybody else can add to someone else's community, like board apes or whatever. Sure, it's great, but how can they utilize this for their own? Mm -hmm. You know, and then and that's not just rushing them into it. That's mm -hmm. also thinking about like, how do we start at the bottom or even maybe at the top where like, who do you want to be? You know, what, like, how do you want to feel out of all of this? Because it's not so much you chasing all this consistent, like, you know, all these expectations of what could be, but it's like, how are you really going to utilize this in your life? That makes sense. And I think that's probably the only way we're really going to, probably have a lot of success in the future if it just makes sense to what people already do which is really anything that's lasted forever you know so make it make sense yeah no i think it's a great point and you know i love you kind of tracking that journey from like you know the the you know the the peaks of the bear mar of the bull market and uh, and the excitement around the first sale to the recognition that like where we actually are as a space and how and how there's still a long way to move forward. I'm curious, like given the the kind of the the breadth of your experience and the like, um, as you think about like new creators coming into the space, like new photographers, new artists, etc. Like, what tips or advice would you have for them in terms of navigating the market where it is now? Um, I would say. Read some books on acceptance. <laughs> Read some books on um, 
the cycle of how things operate in your mind and your body and then just also on the internet and in business and in life and that's a lot to say at once but I just think that when you know how someone else has experienced something it makes that much more relevant to you and you can kind of you know implement that into your day-to-day and if you don't know that it's kind of up in your head it's it's you know you're keeping up with the internet, so to speak. So I think people need to take a break every now and then to kind of revisit what it's like to have empty space because I think that's where creativity lies and I think that's where the best creativity lies is when you are journaling, when you are walking around, being inspired, going to museums, touching grass, as they say, you know, um, that kind of stuff. I think keep that first. And then learn how to pace yourself. I know it's hard because I'm such a, I think I giving advice is really tough because we're all, every single person I think is completely different. Every single person, the way that we sleep, the way that we eat, the way that we think, the way that we operate and the way that we work, you know, the way we create, I go on forever. And um, for me to tell someone that you must reverse engineer so that you know exactly what you want in the space, you know how to feel. That works for me because I have to operate that way or else I'm all over the place. But if you feel like you want to dive in and you just want to figure it out, by all means, please. But you're either going to learn the hard way or you're going to learn your good way. But you need to be able to understand that if that hard way happens, how are you going to respond to that? It's not going to be in a depressed state where you've given up and you've lost all hope and you put all your eggs in one basket. It means that you've got your eggs in multiple baskets and that's okay if that didn't work out, you know? So if anything, it's probably what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And I mean, in that same vein too, it's like you mentioned kind of web two worlds, like still doing a lot of stuff there. And even as you did start experimenting and have been having and finding success with NFTs, um, there's some element of having to like navigate the sentiment of people that are not as deep down the rabbit hole. What have been some of the lessons you've learned in kind of positioning and kind of getting your broader community excited and interested? Because I know oftentimes too, it's like, you could just say NFTs and it actually is like a stigma and will turn people off right off top. Yeah, no, it definitely will. I I love to give this example. Shout out to my friend Liz. I'm not going to say her last name. don't want to shout her out too far. But (laughs) (laughs) Liz tweeted one day, this was in like 2021. Liz was like, um, I am going to mute the word NFTs. I am going to block everybody who who talks about NFTs. And I was like, Liz, Liz, Liz. No, 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 no. Come on. <laughs> Liz, hold up a second. <laughs> I love you, Liz, but, but we got to chat. Step away from the end. Step away from the end, Liz. <laughs> so I was like, let's get on a call. And I was dying to get on a call. I just was like, I can do this. This is, this is what I got this. Um, and knowing Liz was... Uh, and is a therapist. Um, you know, I took it from a healthcare perspective mm. because I was never going to win with the apes, of course. I was never going to win with the doodles. That just wasn't her steed. She was annoyed. It wasn't, get out of here. So the the example that I gave was basically all the issues that healthcare kind of, you know, experiences, which is um, the non-decentralization or the decentralization, or the centralization. How about that? I'm like using two double negatives. <laughs> the centralization of 
their information mm. of each person who visits a doctor. They have to create a new document. They have to create a new information. You know, it's consistently. The doctors don't get to trade that information consistently. So I was telling her, you know, that is one of the updates blockchain can assist with. And then also discussing, you know, how high of a rate people get their credit cards stolen all the time in healthcare, all the time in, in, the, in, in the patient system. And I was like, well, that would be resolved tons with people having different wallets attached and then private wallets would never even have their name attached to their, their, you know, their information. And then there was a couple other things. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I just met her where she was at. And at the end of that call, she was like, I had no idea that that was happening. And I was like, yeah, people are just using it in the way that they see fit right now with these different tokens and stuff, but it's going to change, you know, and it is changed. And, you know, she's like, well, all right, I see it. I see it now. I'm open, you know? So that to me was like kind of the example of kind of how we have to meet people where they're at, where we're not so much just like this media driven kind of perspective of what NFTs are, but like what is NFTs going to alter in each one of our lives of our regular day to day jobs or our experiences or the, our hobbies? That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, I'm curious to hear your perspective, too, because obviously, like, you've really navigated the changes from, you know, the Web2 model of, like, the likes and comments economy on on platforms like Instagram and having to build an audience there as a means to an end of monetizing it sort of indirectly with brands and, and deals like that uh, to then embracing, like, the Web3 economy, which is, you know, an actual cryptocurrency-based economy um, where you can kind of build community as an end in itself and then directly kind of share in the value that you create. But, you know, a lot of creators are still in in between the two and in, in various spaces. I'm curious, like, what, like, how far along do you think we are in terms of like the photography community, the artist community, in terms of like helping creators understand the possibilities of, of this new model and, and how it can change things? I think that <laughs> it's a tough thing for me to answer because I don't think every artist has to. I think that if it makes sense to you and if you're prepared for that, then utilize it. We're a little far, I think, just from the mass adoption um, because I think, again, I don't think people are being met where they're at mm -hmm. um, as far as it making sense to them. I would say um, when it comes to adoption, like with Instagram, with Polygon and all these different things, I think they're doing it right. I think they're doing it as good as they can. Mm. My concern is, though, is just like the public opinion shifting the way that artists or creators anticipate using it. Um, obviously, bad news is like the best news to a lot of people. So they're always looking for ways to hate something mm -hmm. than to figure out how to utilize it. Um, but... I don't know, man. That's a hard one to answer because yeah. I feel like we have a long way to go. People always fear what they don't understand. Right. And the reason why it's deeper is because we are at a crutch of almost talking about how do people think and anticipate new information. And that's a whole other conversation to get mm -hmm. into. Like, how do we teach people from a young age how to be accepting of differences and how to, you know, and that's 
and there's so many variables to that. Like, how do people grow up? What do they have? What is their family dynamic? What is their health like? What is, I mean, I think what we can control at the end of the day is just like ourselves and how we operate and how we behave in this space. I mean, my greatest thing is, um, you know, making an example of myself. And so the projects that I'm a part of, the things that I speak about in the space, the things that I try to promote, I hope that other people will see that and take that in and try to emulate in their own form. What are your it's, thoughts on the mainstream adoption, Matt? Timing. I think in terms of market penetration, we're still incredibly early. It's still tiny. When you think about like the market of, of NFTs, the total addressable market versus even that of crypto, um, like we still have a long way to go. If you think about it, like, you know, obviously Bitcoin ushered in, you know, the crypto revolution and we're more than a decade into that. And it's still relatively niche and nascent. There's encouraging signs. And we see like when you zoom out, like it it's up and to the right, but that is taking time. And what's been interesting is to see that like NFTs um, brought in a whole different group and a whole different community. Like for the first time, the creative community was engaged for the first time, like the creative community could no longer afford to ignore this technology. And that that helped move things quicker. But when you still when you zoom out and you look at like market penetration, you know, the number of active wallets is tiny. It's tiny compared to the to the to, to the room that there is left to grow. And so um, to me, I think that like, you know, it's still going to take time and and things need to really be simplified because at the end of the day, like, you know, I always say I did the crypto learning curve in 2013 with Bitcoin. I did the NFT learning curve in 2020. Both were difficult. And a lot of people are doing both at once right yes, now. Yes, that's a lot, It's dude. incredibly daunting. Yeah. You're talking tech literacy and financial literacy yeah. at the same time. And then even beyond that, like, how are you socially inter you know, engaging with other people? How are you building a brand? How do you, you know, like, that's a lot. It's a lot. I don't blame people for being freaked out. You should be. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's still so much friction, you know, yeah. like we're in an attention economy where it's so like, you know, if something's not easy, there's a million other things to, to, that are competing for your attention. So like, until it's a lot more streamlined, until there are these easy onboard ramps, until it's like a frictionless process, uh, I, I think that it, we're still going to see uh, a relatively slow like pace of pace of adoption. Um, but digital ownership is going nowhere. Like it's so clearly the future. Digital ownership. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Um, real quick. You're definitely an iPhone photographer. Goat. What, what apps? Hey, so put oh, us on some apps. How do we edit yeah. and make our photos? Fine? I need to Wait, make my, I don't I need, have my uh, phone, but yeah, it's fine. Cause no. we don't know. Don't pull my phone over here. Cause I have <laughs> 300 different apps over there. You guys don't, you want to get me started on this. I will tell you my the best hits, best hits right now. Okay. Photoshop. They're doing great things. Yeah, so we have unlimited you, uh, layers. On something on, on an Adobe like Creative Suite. You might Suite, see me you know, in like, some things. Trying to pull up every now and then. I can't get away. I know you can't. I was on Premiere Pro. Not that we Pro. want to. Yeah. No, 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 you can't. No, uh-huh. But it's I was on the Premiere uh, splash screen for like two years. And now I'm back in Photoshop um, on something. But also the ads you may see on like YouTube and stuff. They're everywhere. Um, get it. But yeah, so Photoshop is really great because they have a new app um, that's is out or coming out, but it's so fucking sick. Um, and I just say that because I have been a iPhone creator for a decade and my greatest limitation has been having how many layers I can use mm. in a image. 
you have no idea, dude, what that, what kind of things I've had to do in the past mm-hmm. to accomplish these things. Um, but Lightroom, obviously, I feel like I'm Adobe gang right now, no, but it's, it's hashtag ad. It's really not, I promise. Yeah. I'm <laughs> authentic over here. Yeah. But you know what? I'm messing around right now, you guys. Can I tell you uh, something? You want to know why? Always, yeah. Because I have my own app. Oh, Alpha no, drop. She didn't. Yo, I do so much that sometimes I'm like, oh my God. So I have See, you're all about that setup. You know? I know. Like, you're like, wow. this is all intentional, huh? I know. I'm so keep tell us engaged. more. Yeah. Um, it's called Urban Jungle. And it is basically based on my arts that I've created of cityscapes with different giraffes and different things and stuff like that. So basically, we created all these different PNGs and I created them myself, but different little cutouts of. Tons of different animals, plants, trees, waterfalls, all different types of stuff where you can create your own little jungle cityscape. Your own little jungle cityscape. I wasn't sure if that was going to mess it up. But <laughs> um, the cool part about it is, is that there's also a ton of stock um, in there if people aren't photographers. So you can go in there and use a bunch of different photos to create your own. I love that. I love it. Love it. Look, last time we chatted um, in New Year's, last year in New York on the uh, the State of Photography NFTs panel, and I remember creator royalties were the talk of the space, and you had a very strong response about how this shouldn't even be a debate at all. Obviously, there have been some developments with the marketplaces since. I'm just curious to hear, what are your thoughts on where the space is at now? Um, as far as like the creator royalties, I don't know. I don't even care, honestly, because what we kind of realize is like people are going to go where they want to go and they're going to make the decisions they want to make. And we can decide ourselves if we want to go there or not. And we also have the ability with contracts to make those decisions ourselves. So, you know, that's what it is at this point. <laughs> I hope people are educated enough to know the things that they should if they go into a platform or a position where they, you know, are able to make a better decision. But yeah. And it, when when in their best form, I'm curious just to hear from a creator perspective, like, why are creator royalties important? Why? I mean, it just is. I don't yeah. know. I mean, there is. It just should be. Because why the hell not? What do you need your other 100% for? You're not the damn creator. Get the hell out of here. And I hate it. It's so... I think this is where I'm going to get... This is, where, this is what this is what I was waiting for. There it is. It's very colonial... It's very annoying. You have nothing to do with my life from the past of how I got to where I'm at. So you have no choice to say that I can't get a certain percentage of what I've created to enable you to monetize with me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just give me what I'm owed for giving you this platform to utilize me. 100%. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you like, did it yeah, again. You know, I, like <laughs> I had to get I had to get it like simmered a little there bit. There it was. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't like to lie. And then no. I, sometimes I'll be trying to be nice and I'm like, nah. You're being very diplomatic to start. And I was like, <laughs> I, no, I know, I, I, know like, you, I know there's there's, there's, there's more. In there. up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Swoops, we have a segment on our show called Bullish or Bearish, where we're gonna run through a list of topics and you'll tell us whether or not you're bullish or bearish and a brief reason as to why. We're going to start off with, uh, is an NFT bull run in 2023, bullish or bearish? Uh, bearish. I'm sorry. I just, I just, my gut said it. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Listen to the gut. Uh, bullish or bearish, music NFTs. Mm, bullish. Yeah. PFP projects. Ah, uh, bearish. Sorry. How come? 
because it's just not the same as it was. And if you're going to do it, you got to really think about how, well, talent's first, obviously, but sometimes talent's not even first. You, it's, it's just too much of a game, and I don't think anyone's able to keep up, and I'm not willing to personally. So why would I tell anyone else to? Fair, fair call. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, bullish or bearish, uh, NFT NYC? Ooh, bearish. It'll be a little different, but I'm bearish on what I'm doing and I'm bearish on what you guys are doing. And, you know, it's the homies. So you get you to see bullish? the homies. Did I say bullish? You, you said I say? bearish. Oh, yeah. shit. You're bearish on us. I might need a moment to uh, compose myself. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about what we're, what we're doing. Let me hit reset. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Bullish, okay. definitely bullish on NFT NYC. I am bullish as hell because we are planning an all-day event that I'm hyped for. Let's and go. I'm hyped. And the thing is with NFT NYC, it's less about like, I don't know. It's it, I'm just excited to see all my friends. I'm excited yeah. to see what you guys are doing. I'm just I'm bullish on it all. Let's get it going. Let's get it. Thousand yeah. percent. Last two. Open C. I've been bearish since Lizzie left. So fair. Yeah, we love Lizzie. <laughs> yeah. We love Lizzie. <laughs> and yeah. she might still be there, but under under different circumstances. So understood. Yeah, uh, I don't want to get in trouble though. But yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a safe space to, to, share, to share your thoughts. You know, um, bullish or bearish, uh, Instagram NFTs. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm bearish right now, and I think it just because of Apple. Because of their limitations that they have on the ability to kind of directly connect and collect within the app. Mm. So on like the current state of of, of actually It's the current state of yeah. transaction, yeah. Yeah. transacting that I think is difficult. Yeah, for sure. Well, as we come to a close, Swoops, what else are you working on? What are you excited about this year? Anything you could give our uh, us the early scoop on? We at Sunrise are so much more focused on workshopping, education, and implementing that into just some systems and protocols that other creators and organizations and brands can even use. Um, much more excited for a hell yes or a hell no mentality because if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Uh, last year, I just said yes to way too much. Oh, my god! Happens to the best. Man. Um, and what else? I mean, there's so much. I'm... I'm uh, there's a lot. Yeah. And you just got to stay tuned to what's going to happen. Because every day with me, you never know what's going to pop up. <laughs> love that. I love that. Well, uh, well, we will most certainly stay tuned. You, you should. Yeah, please do. Thank you so much. Always an absolute pleasure. Keep <laughs> up the great you. work. Thanks for coming. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Man, well, that was an incredible episode. Really enjoyed learning about Elise Swopes' perspective, her experience, how she's been able to continue evolving, uh, how she navigates the space. I think the, the projects, the art she's brought to the market and how she really is using her platform to drive meaningful impact and change within the space is, is super powerful. And I think there's a lot of different lessons that we can all learn. What stood out to you, Matt? Yeah, looking just listening to her talk about going from like that shock and awe moment of her first sale to the realization that like this is a very long road ahead for Web3 and creators. I think that that mirrors a lot of creators' experience. And I think for those creators who are coming into the space, 
space now in the midst of a bear market, she provides an incredibly valuable perspective. Yeah, 1000%. Well, couldn't be more excited not only to have had Elise Swopes on the episode, but just to be back with NFT Now Podcast Season 2. We have an incredible slate of guests. We'll be back once each week, every Wednesday. You know where to find us. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Until next time, we out. Thank you.